Welcome to the birth chapter. We're your hosts, Jess, a mum of two, passionate midwife and birth educator with years of experience in guiding new parents through their journey of pregnancy and childbirth. And I'm Michaela, a self-confessed birth junkie, motherhood photographer and mum of one. Together we'll bring you birth stories that will leave you inspired. From the moment you see those two lines on a pregnancy test till you're six feet deep in the trenches of parenthood and all the nitty gritty in between, we'll delve into it all. We'll also chat about birth education, breaking down common myths and giving you practical tools to write your own empowering birth chapter. Join Join us as we turn the page on the birth chapter, a collection of stories authored by you. Today we're going to chat about testing and screening. Um, so can we maybe just start with like what's sort of the first thing that happens once you find out you're pregnant, you've got your midwife, Yeah. what next? Um, so um, you got your midwife and then she will probably chat with you about yeah the testing and screening that is available and upcoming because that will probably be reasonably soon so we kind of like try and get that organized for those first ones um the first I guess test that we do as part of antenatal care um is often already done before you get to your midwife we talked about it in the last yeah, episode about the bloods yeah. yeah so we do a full um it's called a first antenatal screen and so that is like your blood group um so you may or may not know that important to us is um the rhesus factor so whether your blood group is positive or negative um we kind of yeah need to know that as early on in pregnancy because um if you it's all good if you're positive there's nothing extra there but if you are negative um then we need to be really kind of um cautious throughout your pregnancy and just um things that might um change the way we approach things at birth because in a nutshell if you are negative and you have a baby that is positive Positive. yeah so Mm, if you're yeah Yeah. blood group is genetic so like if I'm negative and my husband is negative I can only have a negative baby so that would be fine yeah Yeah. if I'm negative and he's positive I can have either they either get their mum's positive or negative like they just get one of the two um so that is why we do that and so the main issue is not really for the current pregnancy as much although it can cause some issues if um like baby's blood and mum's blood mixes Mm -hmm. um but typically where it comes into account most is um, after and for the future pregnancies. So we usually give mum, it's called anti-D injection after birth and that's to stop her from making um, because say she gets pregnant again her body's likely to produce antibodies to almost like eject that baby to be like this is a foreign cell in my body Interesting. Yeah, I'm negative, this is positive I don't like this. Why does it not do it the first time though that's 
bizarre yeah well technically speaking babies and mum's blood doesn't mix unless there's an issue yeah so the placenta is its own separate unit yeah. if that makes sense it's not like your blood goes directly to baby's blood that's not how it works it takes nutrients puts it in the placenta so the two blood goes never... through the cord and that yeah doesn't come back out through the cord out the placenta <laughs> no yeah it would only be like i don't know if someone has a, a fall or a, like a car accident or something there's potential like um, damage to the cord yeah. or something yeah and there can be potential mixing but yeah that is so that's the yeah, blood group and then all of the other kind of in a full blood screen there's like your hemoglobin um your white blood cells just kind of all of that as well as um we like vitamin levels and stuff Mm, not heaps of no we don't do heaps of vitamins just like platelets like yeah lymphocytes monocytes all the different types of blood cells i guess which yeah yeah so that just kind of gives us kind of a bit of a baseline i guess as well as we do um included in the full antenatal screen is um like screening for um illnesses or infections or your immunity to things like rubella yeah so we do a rubella immunity test as well as we do some um like sexually transmitted um disease tests so we do a hiv screen Um, is that just through that one blood test uh through well like yeah they take multiple tubes um at that same time and they do it all at that that's called the first antenatal screen and so that information well either your midwife will do it if you see your midwife first if you see a gp they'll probably um send that test off um already at like whatever five weeks however early it is we do that it's the first thing we do Um, i was really bad and i didn't get that done until i was probably like 16 weeks true (laughs) i just was like oh yeah i forgot about it i was too Mm. i had too much else going on with how sick i was Sometimes the other thing that's probably worth noting is sometimes we do an HCG. We'll add an HCG level to oh, the yeah. bloods. If someone's really anxious or there's been signs of maybe like um, the pregnancy not being ongoing um, or if someone's like quite early days and they're like, oh, you know, I've had real faint lines, but like, I don't know, or like yeah, they've okay. had previous miscarriages and stuff before they're wanting to know yeah. that this is going on, we'll do... Um, Serial, sometimes do serial HCG testing, which is like so. HCG is the hormone that gets measured on a pee stick, um, but obviously the levels in blood are a lot higher, um, so we can kind of more accurately detect um, that. And we're just checking that they are everyone's is different. Like my, you know, two my like three weeks of pregnancy is going to be different to your three weeks of pregnancy, and that doesn't mean anything about the viability of our pregnancies. So, but the we just check that it's supposed to double every day yeah so say it was 400 today it should be around about 800 tomorrow that would be a good sign um if it was like slightly over still everything could be fine but you know just keep testing is would you be able to tell quite early on if there was twins from that yeah so hcg's yeah really high in twins so you would be like oh okay probably likely twins Mm. not confirmed until ultrasound but um yeah yeah interesting and then um dating scans so yeah true so interestingly enough um i i'm very like for those people that know me like natural approach like don't medicine tell me something about my own body because i'll know um 
But for my pregnancies, I get a dating scan every time and I go by that date because I have very irregular periods. Um, don't know, like I know my LM, I would know my LMP for certain, but like because the yeah the cycle yes. so long, who knows when, when I ovulate? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So got a dating scan the first one and because it was so I think because it was so bang on with when I gave birth to Winnie, I was like second time I got pregnant, I'm like get me as early as I can for a dating yeah, scan. Interesting because I trust that <laughs> when yeah, I'm usually like so I won't trust again yeah, it's it's very funny I think it's funny for myself but yeah so because Winnie she was literally almost born on a due date yeah like, it's like hours off yeah yeah and so I'm like okay well I know that must be <laughs> accurate mm. in my case anyway yeah, it's like, not, always, not always the way eh? mm, not always the way like yeah so a lot of people want one a dating scan mm-hmm. when are they usually for, done around eight weeks eh or early is better, oh, really? like five or six. Oh, okay. Kind of, yeah, five or six is probably okay. the best. That's when they're most accurate. Right. So when people, like, go to, like, a later scan or even, like, you know, sometimes at a 12-week scan, the sonographer might go, oh, we want to change your dates, and I'm always that like... to me, yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, best if it's by one. a, okay. yeah, if yeah. it's by a five yeah. or six-week For scan. me, I was because I was tracking my cycles quite closely and with my temperature and everything like I knew when I ovulated within like a day or two yeah um so I actually funnily enough I was like oh 19th of September will be my due date yeah and then when I had my first meeting with my midwife she used the like wheel thing oh yeah I love the wheel I don't know how it works but yeah anyway it's just as like the rule of um oh yeah calculating due okay, dates yeah anyway and she said the 14th of September and I was like oh yeah only a few days off whatever I'll go with yeah. that and then when I had my what I thought was my 12 week scan or 12 yes. week one day or something um the sonographer said oh no actually we think you're 11 weeks one day um, isn't that and they put the 19th of September as my due date so uh, that's what I'd originally thought which I thought interesting. was funny interesting but then she was born on the 15th, so maybe my midwife was oh. right. Who knows? <laughs> but that's like, that's so close anyway, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, yeah, so dating scans, we typically like only do them for people that are unsh- either unsure of their LMP, um, like the first date of their last menstrual period. That's what LMP yeah, is. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe say that because yeah. some people might not know what that means. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like basically all your midwife jargon. I know. <laughs> so the the LMP is the first date of your last menstrual period, and that is the rule that we use yeah. for calculating due dates through the wheel as well. Yeah. Um, or sometimes our electronic systems just yeah. do that. As well. The wheel's just like a spinning piece of paper thing, by the way. In case people are like, "What is the wheel?" What is the wheel? <laughs> I love the wheel. It seems just like I'm sure it's probably been used for a long time, and just seems so like you know. Would you also do it if someone's had um, like IVF or lots of miscarriages or something like yes. that? Yes, or yep. if there was some like someone's bleeding a little bit, yep. spotting or something like that, we would do or like we would do a scan to like check up. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wouldn't be called a dating scan, yeah, but yeah. we would do dating um, at that scan. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's hopefully the gist of dating scans. And then yeah. probably the next thing um, upcoming is uh, in first trimester screening is screening for like chromosomal conditions. Um, so there's a few different options that we have. Well, probably there's like two main ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like chromosomal conditions, the main ones that we screen for 
um, is Down syndrome, Edwards syndrome, and Patel syndrome. Most people will probably only know Down, Down syndrome. syndrome yeah. um, but the other two are other syndromes with a different chromosome. That's, Combination. Yeah, that's yeah gone a bit muddled. Um, so, yeah. So we offer two kind of different tests. Um, the kind of, I guess, mainstream one. Mm-hmm. Um, the main reason I'd say mainstream is because it's funded. Um, so you don't pay for it. Um, and that is called the MSS1, which is maternal serum screening in the first mm-hmm. trimester. If you've missed the boat on that, there is also the MSS2, which is... Um, kind of like a similar test not as accurate but it's in the second trimester um, because you only have until 13 plus 6 I think to get the blood test and the scan done and if you've missed that then you have to do the MSS2 which is just a blood they can't take the info from the scan okay so what's involved in the MSS1 so in the MSS1 so maternal serum screening so what we do is a humid wife will give you a form for a scan which is like the 12 week scan Mm -hmm. Um, and in that scan they are taking they're doing a bunch of things um, looking at placenta looking at baby and all the measurements and whatever but the information relative to the MSS one is that they are measuring uh, space behind baby's neck um, and that's called the nuchal translucency Mm -hmm. and so that is just they're measuring how thick it is this part behind baby's neck Um, and basically the kind of general gist is if it is over a certain amount thickness a baby is more likely to have down syndrome or potentially another um another one and so they take that um and so whatever your measurement is 1.8 2.0 millimeters um they will put that information into the computer and then you'll also go for your blood test around about the same time in that blood test they are measuring for a few different markers in your blood that um mean that your baby's more um, disposed to getting those conditions. Mm-hmm. Do sonographers do that measurement whether you want to know or not? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. would probably always do the NT. Oh, although I did actually um, have someone who, well, they were going for the other option, which I'll talk about soon, which is called yeah. the NIPT, and they were still just wanting to have a 12-week scan. Um, and they commented like, no nuchal translucency needed because the client is going for the other screening option so maybe if you're doing that then they don't um but yeah typically they just comment on everything so they would just do it even if you're not going in for that purpose but yeah that is the kind of only real purpose of going in for that 12 week scan although they do comment on everything so they have the information from the they have your measurement from baby's neck and then they have the measurements from your bloods as well as like a bunch of different info about you so like okay. your age your race your bmi your smoking status whether someone in your family has been born with chromosomal conditions and they right. have this just like obvious like obviously like a formula or something Mm -hmm. in a computer and they enter all of that information in that turns it round and then spits out a number Mm -hmm. and so that number might be like I don't know um 500 so even one so there's three different numbers we're looking at because remember we're screening for three different conditions so it might be like you have a one in 500 chance of down syndrome or one in 
700 chance of Edward syndrome, a 1 in 1,000 chance of Patel syndrome. And so basically the key word is screening. It's a screening test. Um, it doesn't tell you yes or no. You could have a 1 in 1,000 of Down syndrome and still be that 1 in 1,000. Mm-hmm. So it's never you're never fully like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. 100%. Or it could be um, like a 1 in 20 and you're not that one. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a heart in that regard. Um, Which is why I didn't want to know because I was like mm. it actually doesn't really give me any information as far as I was yeah. concerned other yeah. than potentially making me feel anxious about nothing <laughs> I know yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it gives you those and so there's a cutoff and the, that cutoff number is currently 300 so if you are anything under 1 in 300 that would be considered a high risk result and if mm-hmm. you're anything over 300 for any of them it would be a low risk result and they if you get a low risk result close the book that's kind of done yeah. you've got a low risk um, MSS1 and then carry on with your pregnancy if you have a high risk MSS1 so if you're 1 in 299 um, then you are offered um, the diagnostic test to find out exactly what your baby has mm-hmm. um, and what kind of needs to be done about it what the implications of that are and then obviously that um, factoring into your decisions about the pregnancy ongoing and whatever other decisions you need to make the two that they are at the moment is um amniocentesis which involves um sticking like a fine needle through um and getting some of your amniotic fluid sample so they just put it through your sac mm. It doesn't um, actually go into baby, it just goes into the, it's just yes. to get the fluid. So it goes like through your tummy um, okay. and they have an ultrasound scan on yep. at the time um, and they get into the fluid around baby and they take this, the cells from that fluid or whatever, they test that fluid um, to, yeah, get a, an answer from that. And, then and how the, accurate is that? Uh, so that would be like a yes or no. That would be like a hundred percent yes or no, um, because it's scanning the actual the amnio the amniotic cells are like baby cells. They okay. make the amniotic fluid if that makes sense. So they would mirror mm-hmm. kind of baby's DNA. And then the other test is chorionic villi sampling CVS, um, which is another diagnostic test, very similar in that it. Um, goes like they insert a needle still through your tummy but into the placenta instead to take um sample cells from your placenta like they use an ultrasound to like guide them Mm um yeah and those are the only ways you could know for sure while being pregnant yes currently those would be funded as well so provided you have a um high risk result and then um yeah Got and what are the risks of those two? Um, so the risk of amniocentesis, um, which is the needle in the amniotic fluid, um, miscarriage is probably um, the highest one. Mm-hmm. Um, it varies from about 1 in 100 to 1 in 200 um, of miscarriage rate. Um, there's also some risks of infection in the uterus, cramping, spotting or leaking amniotic fluid 
which is about one to two in a hundred women. Yeah, potentially if you are rhesus negative, which we talked about, there's problems associated with that because we could be right. causing the mixing that of mixing. the blood. Mm-hmm. Mm. The risk of the chorionic villi sampling, which is the samples of the cells of the placenta, um, similar. So the miscarriage rate is um, estimated at one in a hundred. Um, and then, yeah, so potential hemorrhage, potential infection. Um, with both of them, you've got the potential to rupture the amniotic sac. Um, right. Smallish risks, um, like as in they're pretty rare, um, but it's worth kind of weighing it all up. Definitely like, best to know going into it. Yes, exactly. As like with everything. <laughs> as with everything. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's important to know that, like, I think from that, like, this goes for everything in pregnancy, birth, and, I guess, general life. Like, everything is an option. I think we get stuck so much and people just think that, like... A medical professional said, so therefore I have to. And, like, this is the routine uh, pregnancy test, so therefore that's what I have to do. Um, But just because it's routine doesn't mean that you should do it. Yeah. (laughs) Necessarily. Because everybody, you know, like takes into account different things and analyzes risk differently. I don't think there should be any blanket kind of rules about anything. One thing I often ask is like, what will you do with that information? Yeah. Will it affect your decision making at all? Um, Will it potentially Mm -hmm. just stress you out more um, than that? Or is that helpful information to you? Um, Whether that's like you might terminate the pregnancy because of that because you whatever for whatever reason or whether that's maybe you won't terminate the pregnancy but I'd prefer to know if I was expecting a child that was going to be a lot more higher needs and preparing like support systems and things like that um kind of thinking about all those things um and I also make sure people know with this one and also the um the anatomy scan which people typically think is like the gender scan is not just like a fun time to see your baby like because often people will be like oh it's just a scan I'm just going to see my baby like this is actually what the purpose of it is for so that people don't go and then are like oh what I didn't know we were going to find anything bad out potentially yeah um, true yeah, yeah everyone treats that 20 week one as like we're finding out the gender the 20 week yeah. scan they call it the gender scan I'm like it's literally not like, yeah it's like a full yeah run through of every single part of your baby yes yeah. yes yeah so yeah Which I don't think you... I really like I knew but I didn't fully know yeah but we, we knew the gender prior to that so I wasn't going into it as like this is the gender scan but um yeah but I didn't realize how in depth and what they did and yeah wait how did you know the gender prior to that I had a scan an earlier scan Ah. Yeah, I had a so because purely because um we wanted to do a gender reveal with family and we were gonna be going home to Hawke's Bay for yeah. Easter. Yeah. And at Easter I was eighteen weeks. And I see. obviously it was just too early for that um anatomy mm. scan. Um but you can get a earlier scan to find out the gender from I believe 17 weeks so I went yes. when I was 17 weeks yeah. and I paid for that so that we could know yeah. when we were home so that we could find out with everyone not just like by ourselves um, yeah I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't do an extra scan for it like again <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah purely that time we really wanted to find out with family and 
everyone was going to be home for Easter, which was very rare for that to happen. So there is a um, non-funded option, um, which you can opt to pay for, called NIPS or NIPT testing screening so non-invasive prenatal screening um and in new zealand it's done through a lumi screen um and it is just a blood test um so that is all you don't need a scan involved um and you get that at 10 weeks is that right yeah you can get that from kind of yeah yeah around about to yeah 10 weeks onwards um a lot of people are opting for it more these days so it mm-hmm. is still screening um in that like you get kind of high low risk result it's thought to be a lot more um accurate than the screening we offer the MSS1 screening mm-hmm. um it looks at all 23 pairs of chromosomes so it does like a full genome kind of screen as opposed to to the MSS1 which is just looking for those yeah so it is a bit more thorough as well as um it because they look at all chromosomes even the sex chromosomes they can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that your baby is a girl or a boy Mm -hmm. as early as whenever you get those results back like 11 weeks so that is yeah some people like that um a lot of people I think get it done so they can know the gender really early <laughs> yes yeah um the the accuracy rates are quite high like it's almost like i've been doing some reading into it and it's almost like you could almost call it diagnostic but it's just right. not like yeah so detection rates for trisomy 21 um which is down syndrome i'm pretty sure i'm just gonna double check yeah it is yeah it is it's 21 a eh? Um, yeah, so the detection rates for Down syndrome are 99%, and the wow. false positives are less than 1%. Right. Um, that is pretty accurate. So, yeah, so it's emerged as an accurate screening test. It can't be considered a diagnostic test at this at this stage, and they would still offer um, the CVS or the amniocentesis potentially after that. So oh. just kind of more thorough. And you don't have to do any of them. <laughs> And you also don't have to do any of them. Yeah, but there's people out there who want to go no scans, literally, like yeah. their whole pregnancy. Um, I I am a bit of an advocate for, like, just the anatomy. Yeah. <gasps> if, that was, if there was only one, I would probably pick just doing the anatomy yeah, scan. Um, we can't know the location of someone's placenta without a scan. And that's... That's that can true. be quite a biggie. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like I mean yeah yeah, and just potentially pre-picking up on like maybe like any heart issues or that kind of stuff yeah because I think there's some things that once baby's born it's quite an immediate like we have to do something yes you know and if you don't know that beforehand Mm. it could be a bit more risky yeah one of the things I thought maybe worth mentioning is um around the cost of scans because I think there's I don't know a bit of misconception yeah. around that and yeah. it's different everywhere. It is different everywhere, that's what I was going to say. Mm. I don't know, like it's even potentially different in different parts of like Christchurch, which is where we it are. It depends on what place. Cl- um, clinic, clinic um, you go to. Yeah. Mine was $50. Yeah. Some are like, I know Pacific radiology can be quite expensive depending on what region you're in even. And it's also like there's parameters, so... 
as far as I'm aware, or like they change, they can change all the time. But um, mm-hmm. you pay for one scan per trimester. So if mm-hmm. you get a dating scan, you'd probably pay for that. And then if you show up to your twelve week scan, you probably wouldn't pay for that. Interesting. Okay. And then if your anatomy scan, you would pay for unless you had one earlier. So okay. you don't necessarily right. pay for all of them. If you have a community services card as well, it's worth um, telling them that because I yeah, got my scans. Slightly cheaper, which is fabulous. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is still obviously that's not the full cost of a scan. What you'd be paying at fifty or sixty dollars. Um, no. That's subsidised because. Yeah. That but I have seen some people there. say that they were charged one hundred and thirty for a scan, and I'm like, find out the price before you book. Yeah. because shop around they're not all that expensive I know um, and it becomes just tricky like I've had like clients that I'm like you know what I actually think you probably need this like extra growth scan or whatever and they're kind of like avoiding going putting it off because it's too expensive yeah. and I'm like ah oh. yeah that's not yeah. good because eh? like maternity care is supposed to be free right yes so shouldn't right. that be included? Yeah, I know, because it's even <laughs> you like think? your prescriptions are free. You don't pay like yeah. you know, some prescriptions. Even GP like visits when you dollars. are pregnant are free. Mm. Which yeah. is worth noting. Yeah. If only dental was free when you're pregnant, oh, that'd be quite good, that, eh? Yeah. Cool. That is, um, yeah, I guess all the bits and pieces you need to know around the first trimester um, in terms of screening and testing and... Hopefully you find that helpful. Maybe there was something in there that you didn't know before. Um, And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to let us know. Um, You can find us on Instagram and we sometimes do Q&A on Jess's stories at authored underscore NZ. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Birth Chapter. We hope you enjoyed it. You can find us on Instagram at thebirthchapter underscore. You can find Jess on Instagram at authored underscore NZ. And you can find our store at andhoney.store. We'd so appreciate if you left us a review and we can't wait for you to join us next time. Bye.